Hey everyone, it's Caroline. We hope you had a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year, and we can't thank you enough for continuing to support the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We have some exciting upcoming guests and episodes planned for 2024, but this week we wanted to revisit one of our favorite episodes from the archives, Picking Paint Colors with designer Fran Keenan. Fran is one of my favorites and I just loved this conversation. We're always getting paint color questions from all of you and I still use many of the tips and the the topics that we um, discussed with Fran in this episode. I recently painted my daughter's bedroom and I listened back to this episode before I even picked swatches. So highly recommend this, um, this conversation. And even though we recorded it back in January, 2021, all of Fran's sage advice still applies. So if you've never heard this episode, you're in for a treat. And if you have heard it before, it's worth a second, third, or even fourth listen. Next week, we'll be back with a new episode, but until then, enjoy this decorating throwback to episode 178 with designer Fran Keenan, picking paint colors. Enjoy. Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now on with the show. So we have a repeat guest today. I'm so excited because I just, I think I mentioned this in our first episode. I am such a fan of your work and have been for many, many years, ever since you were at um, Cottage Living, which was like over a decade ago. But um, Fran Keenan. Oh, thank you for having me back. Oh, my goodness. You know that means the you did a good job. Trio. Oh, you're so sweet. Yes. <laughs> oh, y'all are so sweet. I love being here. So if you take a look at Fran's um, portfolio and Instagram, I think you'll see what we all love about her work, which is her use of color. You, I mean, do, I am always just so in awe of the colors you choose because a lot of times they're very unexpected and um but they're they're and you're so fearless with color and like those unexpected choices are always so well executed and i just want to pick your brain about choosing paint colors because you always pick the best ones oh my goodness um that is so kind. Um, wow. I would say I'm very humbled to talk about paint because I feel like there's so many people in our industry that do such a great job with it. And I would say it's, um, I jokingly said, it's like the um, exercise regimen of the decorating world. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow, what are you doing? What's working? What's, you know, um, what are your secrets? What are your secrets? It is. It is. And, um, and we talk about it so much. I mean, that's part of the fun and getting to, to, into the science of it and being able to kind of break it down for clients and in our own homes. It's a, it's a regular conversation, obviously on the daily in our studio. So it's always fun to be able to kind of nerd out and, uh, and get to explain like, oh, wow, this is, you know, this is something that we get to make up as we go along. Yeah. So, well, you have a lot of trial and error in your um, in <laughs> your life, and so you can share all of those great secrets oh, with us. So, we're yes, very I'll tell you all my here. mistakes. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh. So, guys, we have a extensive um, itinerary or you know outline for today. So I'm hoping that we'll 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 get to all the questions. Not sure how long it'll take. We might split it into two episodes. So I I tried to sort of organize things in chronological order, you know, like getting started, testing samples, et cetera. So okay. I think that's where we start. Um, okay. Yes. Like, wh- how do you decide what color you're looking for in a room? Like, what? Where do you start? Do you start the, with mm-hmm. Do you start with the paint, or do you choose paint last? So yes, what I would say is um, we start with all of the elements um, that really surround that paint and surround that. um, I like to say that paint is contextual. It's all about the context and you never know what color has undertones until you put something next to it. And then you're like, Oh my word, that pink has, I mean, that white has pink in it. And I never even knew that because you put it next to a, a green khaki. Um, so I know I frustrate, um, when my sisters call, uh, you know, and they're like, just tell me what color to paint my bedroom. And I'm like, well, but we would, we won't start there. Like paint is the easiest thing for you to match. So I would say pull back way, 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 way back and ask yourself some philosophical questions about your house or about the room, whatever it is that you're tackling, how big the project is or how small it is, there's a narrative there. And so you want to capture that narrative. Like, do I want this room to feel moody? Do I want this room to feel spicy and fun? Do I want this room to feel playful or really soothing? Or what is the aftertaste that you want to walk away from in that space? And then as you sort of tiptoe through those questions and you answer them, I think then you get a little bit closer, a little bit closer. After you ask yourself the question of how do we want this to feel, then you go to the elements. What is it that made you reach for the mauve that you're looking for, Caroline, you know, in your living room? Like, is it, was it a piece of china from your grandmother or was it the Laura Ashley border in your room, you know, where you're too young for that, but like, you know, (laughs) no, 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 no. (laughs) What was that? What was the reference, the color Mm -hmm. reference? And then pull that into the conversation. And this is what we do for clients every day is we bring all of those elements into that decision. And then paint is the very last. It is the very Mm -hmm. last. Uh, So I'm always amazed when people are like, okay, I'm getting started. What are my paint colors? And I'm like, where's your, like, do you have everything in the back of your truck? Like, is, is it in your car or, you know, like, where's the rug? Where's the drape? Where's the, where's the sofa you're working with? Where, what are all the, yeah. of the players in the, in the, the cast of characters, I should say. You can go through your space, especially, so, it, you know, in your case, like it would be like your house, you know, you're walking through and I think it's so important and we do this, um, we do this on plan. And then if, when we're in an actual space, walking through a house, we'll see like, golly, we get like really great daply light in here. Um, this space is shaded all the time. Um, so if it's shaded all the time, then it's never going to be daply and bright in here. So maybe this is your cozy corner kind of, if you can't beat it, join it. Um, 
you know, you're sort of understanding the play of light. So that would be, I think, a big factor as well, because you may have, for instance, like within when you're gathering the cast of characters, you may have a situation where you really love this rug that your mom gave you. And then you keep putting it in this space and you're like, it just dies, it dies in here. I don't know why it's because of the light. And so, you know, your light is different than the way she had it in her house. And so how do you sort of unpack that um, in your space? Maybe you drag that rug into a different room that you didn't realize that really would respond to that rug and it would create a lot of energy or, um, but I would say one of the most fun things that we get to do is just really encourage clients to hold loosely to the things, the elements that they want to put in their house and don't be dead set on like, no, I want a dark dining room, you know, which you may get a dark dining room if you move into a house and you're like, oh my word, it totally works. But you may also, you know, think about like, oh my word, this pattern in this room would just be totally fabulous. And so it's just more about like a contrasting trim and a wallpaper versus just having that sort of, so I don't know if that helps answers your question, Karen. Well, here's a, here's something that seems tricky. If you like Taryn, for example, is building house from scratch. So she might like, how does she pick a paint color when there's no, like she can't stand in the dining room and be like, mm-hmm. oh, it gets great light because that dining room doesn't exist. Right. I mean, yes. real obviously she yes. she shouldn't. The, the answer is she shouldn't be picking the color yet. But I mean, can you pick it at a job site? Is that so? We we do we do that uh, for people. Hopefully, that's what they feel like they're getting from us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say. Um, the amount of windows is very important. Uh, the exposure, mm-hmm. which which way the house is facing. Is it a southern facing room? Is it an eastern facing room? Is it on the back of the house, the front of the house? Or are there a lot of trees in proximity? You can feel a lot of things in the, you know, even on the lot, you know, and okay. as the walls, as the house is starting to come up. Um, out of the ground, those things become more and more apparent. How many windows does it have? Um, do the windows, are they shaded by trees? Uh, is there a neighbor really close by? Um, all of those things are going to affect your light. Mm-hmm. Um, as the landscaping goes in or as the trees come in or those kind of things, like that's always going to affect. And, and I would say like holding loosely to some of those things when that starts to happen is probably going to help you versus being dead set on something. And then you're like, ah, train wreck. Now I got to kind of move back, you know? So if, if you find a room is darker than you expected Mm -hmm. and you haven't picked your paint color yet, would you in general go lighter than you were thinking? Like say I was dead set on a dark room and then I realized there's like very little light. Mm-hmm. Would you do you end up going a little bit lighter or do you find sometimes you just like you said, you find the spirit of the room, dig deep if it if you want it super cozy or. Mm-hmm. Well, I think asking yourself, like, do you want who? how is this room being used? Is it going to be a relaxing den in your house that's being used at night when everyone's kind of done with work and school or whatever those, you know, what's the narrative there? Um, if. It's going to be a space where you want to feel productive in it and it's maybe it's a study and you're working from home and 
um, and you still, you don't necessarily want it to be dark and moody all the time because you really need to like see the piece of paper or you need to, you know, um, <laughs> then I would say uh, contrast is a really great way to sort of create a mood, but still have light. So maybe you keep the wall light, but your trims go dark, or um, maybe there's a rug that you, that might feel really strong in a daply bright room, but it feels really great in a shaded area because it, it needs that kind of energy. Um, but I would say that, um, and we may, I, I think we're, we may touch on this, but one of the common mistakes I would say is painting a shaded room, a light color is not always the answer because you have a really powerful source in your paint in that space. And you also can lean on other decorating tricks. Like, is that a great room for pattern? Is that a great like contrast? Like I mentioned, there's other, there's so many other things that you can kind of throw at that shaded room that might feel like a little flat and we'll get, you know, light colors, not necessarily going to solve that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about when you're, you know, if you're moving into a house, you're having it painted before you move mm -hmm. in, like, mm -hmm. how do you choose a whole house palette? Or I mean, should you choose a whole house palette? Or should you think of them mm -hmm. as individual spaces? So I think both and is the answer to that question, a quick one. Um, and, and there again, like it's the, what is the narrative? Like we're working on a house right now, Cotswold's Cottage, if you happen to be following along and like, we're using more wallpaper in this house than I've ever used in any project. And, you know, our client is like, she loves patterns. She loves color. She loves this English narrative. And um, we're all speaking in a, in a British accent. Um, <laughs> we're all, we're I love it. So it's been so much fun. Um, I would say the color needed to have patina. It needed to feel aged. It also needed to feel spunky in some rooms, but quiet in others. But it all has this underlying sort of aged Mm. Um, patina color and so that was when you say age are you thinking like uh -huh. muddy like what mm -hmm. what so mean? i yes so undertones like undertones of grays maybe it's a soft green undertone but and that's like throughout um like Farron ball a lot of their colors have a green undertone it makes them very livable very you know it, that's what makes that paint deck so powerful is that it feels very edited um for the layman to pick up and say like oh this this color is beautiful why is it beautiful well it has these murky undertones that give it a lot of the patina and the age so you might have a bright color but it's a livable color um and that's what makes the houses really i think have a really great feeling to them is you may have the push and pull. I, I always say this, like you want a house to kind of push and pull you through. So you come into it and um, it may be a light and airy space, but then you might have something that catches your eye and the pattern or the depth kind of pulls you through a house. Like, Oh, what is in here? Like, what do y'all, Oh, this is a real destination or I may have contrast in the kitchen or I may, you know, so it's all about sort of having that. It's a lot like music. I mean, you know, you have like the peppy and then you move into, you know, the 
salsa. And then it's, you know, there's a, there's a rhythm there. You have to kind of find the rhythm of the, of the paint colors in your house. Um, and there's some, there's some great tips. I mean, and you know, all the masters I feel like do, you know, a lot of the, there's some similarities in like, you know, having like a light, light filled living space with lots of windows and, you know, you have a lighter color that you might use in there, but, uh, and then you move into like the tributary of those space, you know, of that large space. And those may become, um, you know, more have a little bit of that same color, but they have an underlying theme, but they relate to that space, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that that's a, a great takeaway for people like having, you know, choosing your paint colors and having, a thread that goes through them just like you would a fabric mm-hmm. you know what i mean like if oh, you're yeah. choosing fabrics for a room you would have a thread that unites them all it's mm-hmm. the same for paint well and i say this and i i have had clients that i think it's so awesome when they they're like well you said that i could pull this chair into, into this <laughs> room because it would work with everything you know and i'm like well let's do it let's see if it works you know, it's really fun, like when you have continuity and we get that question, like, how do I create continuity in my palette and still have it, um, have the rooms feel distinctive enough? Yeah. Um, and so they own, they have their own sort of, you know, perspective and different uses because that's the beauty and the luxury of living in a home with different rooms is that you're able to choose like, okay, we're going to do this in here. We're going to do this in here. And so the, mm-hmm. the decorating narrative should match those things should be consistent. So, yeah. um, I, I do think, you know, paint color is, um, it's a lot like cooking, you know, those, you have to find the version of what works with the, the things that are next to it. Yeah. And so that's part of the fun that we get to do on a daily basis is how do we create that feeling of if this color is in this room, then what's next to it? And that's what creates the power in a in a really compelling house, I think, is what do we put next to the other? And it's like, oh, wow, like I had no idea that I was going to do this really strong oxblood um, next to this really like quiet washed gray you know and that is like oh wow that's all of a sudden a room starts to kind of take off you know and then you might use that oxblood in a really subtle way in the in the soft gray room Mm -hmm. but you're mentioning it you're mentioning it so someone's like oh wow that it does have cohesion but they're totally different and they have and that's what's really fun um, is, is getting to sort of refer back to those things. Yeah. So when we're establishing a pal- a palette, it's, it's always far reaching. It could start, we could do a whole house from one rug. Um, and maybe, it, it, you know, m- maybe this rug, they had it in the family and, and they just love it. And so we'll pull, you know, h- however many, you know, 21 colors from, from this palette. And it may not even, that color may not be in the rug, but it looks yeah. really great with that rug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's a weird question that I got. Our One of our merchants, Amy Jordan, um, yeah. asked it, but okay. this to- I would have, she said, how many colors should you have in your home? Is there, is there like, can you have too many paint colors in one house? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> I would say no. Um, <laughs> Thank God. Oh. <laughs> I would say, um, 
you know, that's uh, that's always an interesting question because I feel like there's there's been this overwhelming, you know, sort of all white house and, you know, kind of the at the end of, other end of the spectrum. It's like, I know we're going to keep it all really quiet and keep it all, you know, and um, and that's lovely, too. And lots of colleagues do that and they do it really beautifully. I would say for us, um, it's color is an opportunity that you have in each space. And I wouldn't limit yourself to a certain number. Um, I would say that that is the fun part. It's like limiting your spice drawer. <laughs> but at what, as, doesn't at a certain point like feel circusy? How do you keep that from happening where mm-hmm. every room is a new, mm-hmm. a new moment? I, I think it gets back to that. You're saying the the thread. The, the threat, yeah, the yeah. cohesion, the mm-hmm. story, the narrative. What is okay. the what is the narrative? And I think that within, yes, to answer your question, Karen, I think you have things that keep you within the lines. And so that's what's fun about it is having those things that you like love and cherish and you're like, no, I really want to use this fabric. Like I have had this, I've pinned this fabric, you know, five times on my Pinterest board. Like I've got to use this fabric. Well, start there. Like, what is it that makes you love that fabric? Um, then drill down. What colors work with this? What's your favorite colorway in that pattern? If um, if green is your favorite color um, that you in Latouche, Brunswick and Feast, you know, Latouche, then it's like, okay, well, how do I start looking at the colors that look really great with the green colorway in that, in that pattern? And then that's a jumping point and then you find um a wallpaper that you love or you use the matching wallpaper or and then the next thing you know you're like oh wait i'm doing a jewel box dining room with matching drape and wallpaper and um and then you're off you're off to the races so are you saying if we pulled all the colors in our house together Mm -hmm. they should all work together absolutely okay Mm -hmm. what about like your outlier kids room does that also need to like work with the whole rest of the palette? So I would say um, it is always great when it can. Um, mm-hmm. I, I My philosophy on kids' rooms is, you know, decorating is an investment. I love to do something that um, is mother-tested or kid-tested, mother-approved. Mother mm-hmm. um, and, and I don't mean that. I mean, like, you know, we all know that's a cereal. But it is fun to... <laughs> It's fun to establish um, a palette in a kid's room that has longevity. And so it's not just, you know, if you feel like that bedspread is, I mean, obviously, let them use the bedspread if it's going to make them happy for two years and then, you know, whatever. But but maybe what's really like the bones of the room are something that they can grow up in. And so the color is not necessarily, um, maybe it's not as garish. Maybe it's a little dialed down. Maybe it's a mm-hmm. cobalt, but maybe it's a cobalt that they would like when they're seven and they would also like when they're 15, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, if they're asking for blue and kids are really great about this. I mean, I love doing kids rooms. Like I think it's such a blast because everyone kind of loosens their grip on everything and they sort of, they just want it to be fun. And then the next thing you know, you're like, well, I should be doing this everywhere, you know, <laughs> like in my yeah. house, like it, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's a fun place to actually start in a project at times, you know, cause it kind of helps you sort of loosen up. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I was wondering with kids rooms too, it just feels like 
I've seen so many with wallpaper recently, and I know we're mm-hmm. talking about paint, but mm-hmm. um, I love the idea of it, but wallpaper is much more of an investment than paint. Sure. Um, correct. If I'm, But it's durable. It that's is. That's true. Yeah. It's just yeah. more of picking, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. I want to pick one that's going to work for a one-year-old who hopefully it will last, mm-hmm. I'd hope, five, six years. Like, I want to get mm-hmm. longevity out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so I was wondering if pe- people shy away from that or, if, you know, because you also want to put, I feel like your investment pieces, you want to put where people can see. So mm-hmm. I was always wondering about bed- bedrooms because it looks so good. The wallpaper mm-hmm. trend in bedrooms too. Um, Beautiful. Well, and I think that's what's so fun about what's happening in decorating. People are reaching for the pattern, you know, pattern on the wall or the mixture of patterns and um it's just such a great avenue of self-expression. You know, if you want it to feel really peppy and strong, like maybe you want a wallpaper, but it's not in your budget. So you do a hand-painted stripe or, you know, um, you can create those contrasts or maybe it's, you know, a painted wall, but maybe you do a contrasting trim and you can sort of create some of the same energy that you would with a wallpaper. No, that's a great idea. Speaking yeah. of, sorry, speaking of wallpapers, um, one of the questions that we got was wallpaper or paint? Like, which mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. should you do? Which, mm. like, well, yes, okay, the answer is like, yes. <laughs> yes. When, yes. like, explain. All of them. You know, All of yeah. them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, when to pick what? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I know I'm, I sound like a broken uh a broken record here, but I, I feel like the narrative gives you that answer, you know? Um, and there's so many tools now out there. Like I think Pinterest is a great one. You can sort of pull back and see like, what's that overarching theme that I have here? Am I pulling all like crisp white rooms or, or am I pulling like, you know, a lot of, um, sleek rooms with lots of shine or, you know, what, what exactly is it? And that's going to give you, um, more of those answers in terms of pattern and color. Um, there's some, we have some clients that like, there's never enough pattern and we layer and layer and layer. And it just feels the more that we sort of layer it and have this juxtaposition of patterns that don't really match. And it starts to feel more and more like them. Um, then we have other clients that, you know, they have, they want it to feel very calm. And so we sort of create small patterns or I call them non-solid solids. Maybe it's a, uh, you know, a, a woven window pane that has a really broad, open pattern to it. Um, but you still have interest when you pull away, you look at it. It doesn't look like a flat piece of fabric. It has a little bit more to it, talks a little bit. Um, so we have to be more subtle with those projects if they want that to not be screaming at you. So I would say, um, what is it that you're responding to in that pattern and how much do you love it? Um like in your spaces that you're in on the daily, I would say you really need to love those spaces. So, I mean, you need to love that color so much that you could eat it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it needs to be like this, like, Oh, this, that cream is so beautiful. And it just <laughs> reminds me of like this really awesome restaurant in Paris, like, you know, or whatever it is, like, right, you know, right. like go to your gut, like what makes you yeah, want to use that? Which we all feel so much right now, because if you have a color you hate, you've walked past it and been like, 
I have uh, to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Oh, yeah. So you're totally right. And the ones you love, you've been like, mm, I just love being in here. I, I want know. everything this color. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, I have one final question about planning your color before we get into testing samples, y'all. We haven't even gotten to testing samples. I mean, there's a lot to cover. But, okay, so I posted my house on Instagram a lot, but we have a lot of, thank you. um, We have a lot of greenery right outside of our windows. And the tree, Mm. like, our house is kind of like up on a a perch. It's sort of like a tree house. You've got Mm. a tree house too. Yes, yes. And... I'm wondering if the green from the leaves or say yellow amber in the fall can mm-hmm. change the color of the wall color and how how do I know when I'm testing samples mm. like how that how that reflection is going to change it or am I way too thinking Seasonally. like thinking too much into it mm-hmm. No, I think all of the um context I think the context there again is so important. I mean, when we bought our house, um, our outside porch was painted this, um, uh, it was like an armadillo bludgeoned deck. I mean, it looked like, I was like, this is, I don't know why this would be an option, but it was. And so anyway, um, and our ceiling color next to that room, uh, the room off of that porch, the ceiling color was a neutral but it was so pink. And I was like, there is some, and, and it was the deck. It mm. was the, and so oh. I painted the deck and then the ceiling got quiet. And so it absolutely affects it. Absolutely. Affects. I mean, I, I hate to say this, but if your house is really close to your neighbor, the proximity of your neighbor's house, the color can affect mm. Um, mm. the light in your, wow. you know, in your own house. So I, um, those the context has a lot to do with with how a paint is going to react to the other. Um, what I would say is if you're able to see, I mean, all of our rooms are going to feel different in the winter than they do in the summer. Right. I mean, you're all you know, the winter, everything gets a little bit like cooler. It gets a little more quiet. There's not as much. You don't have this lush feeling in your rooms. You have it's more sparse. It's more barren um, just in terms of feeling. And so those your color is going to react differently, just like it would uh, like on a really foggy day. We had a really foggy day yesterday in Birmingham and I drove past a house that we've worked on and I was like, wow, the color looks so different today than it does, you know, than it did. Um, I would say picking a balanced tone is really good. A color that doesn't necessarily, if you're concerned about it flaring green or flaring red, um, find a color that's more balanced uh, within those. um, And so that would kind of help you through the seasons. Can you explain that a little bit? What does that mean, balanced? Like, is it, and maybe we need to talk about tone and value mm -hmm, just mm -hmm, as a concept. Yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's, you start to nerd out and get into the (laughs) intricacies of um, paint. And when Mm -hmm. I get to get behind the paint store uh, counter every now and then, which is a lot of fun for me. (laughs) And the employees don't don't really love it too much, I don't think. Of course, they're really nice about it. But um, (laughs) yeah, I would say... And it's interesting what's happening. I like. I think a lot with paint. I mean, ten years ago, we would pick a white, and it would be like, oh, well, it cannot have any pink in it. No pink. Like, woo, that would be. And now those tones are like really compelling, and they're like really. Um, and it was interesting. Um, 
you know, going through this journey of picking my paint color for the kitchen, for our kitchen that we're currently working on, I wanted um, a color that had a little bit, I mean, it was like a camel, but I didn't want a deep camel. And so I needed to find a kind of a, a khaki per se, but the khaki needed to have a little bit more brown, a little more pink to it in order for it to read. I didn't want it to read khaki. I wanted it to read kind of this sort of camel, like this light colored, you know, like creamer in my coffee kind of, you know, feeling. Um, and so the color has, you know, definitely there are colors that feel more current and then there's colors that feel like, oh, that's a little bit, yeah, a little bit dated. So um, finding that current and also finding a timelessness within those things is good because you don't want to pick a color where you're like, oh, that's, I mean, and maybe the paint companies would get mad at me, but it's interesting. Like you don't want it to be like, oh, that's 2019 Navy. Yeah, that's Navy. So what I would say to that is um, you want to find color that has nuance to it. So the nuance, and what I mean by that, um, when we talk about like value and tone is um, you don't necessarily look at that color and think that is a green. You look at that color and you say, I love that color. What is it? And so a lot of times that green may have a foot in the blue. It may have a small foot in the brown. It may have a little more gray in it. And so it's, makes it more complicated. So if you think about like the the books that you've read that feel really like, oh my goodness, like this is so complicated. Like this plot is so thick. And so there's so much to it. That's how pain is a lot of the times. And so that's how we get to create sort of that emotion in a house is it has to be um, complicated uh, in terms of the color. And I like to say nuanced because it feels a little bit less, you know, complicated kind of feel, sounds negative, but it's, you know, if you can kind of look at that color and say like, golly, that is a cobalt blue. If that's what you're going for, that's great. But if it's not, but you still want like a strong blue cabinet, then maybe look at a version that has a little green to it or a little more gray, or maybe it's, um, you know, a little more yellow, whatever it is. Does that yeah. answer? Does that help? Yes, that totally. And I think that mm -hmm. I think that word nuance is why I love the paint colors you choose so much because they oh, do sweet. feel really rich. I mean, they feel so full, I guess. I think fan decks make it hard oh, because mm -hmm. when you're looking at that strip, that's like all the blues mm -hmm. and you find one in there, you assume it's blue. Mm -hmm. But if you pull it out and you look at it, all by itself mm -hmm. like you're saying it might have a lot more nuance to it but you you kind of are like oh that's so baby blue or whatever and then you get it away and it's like oh it's really kind of gray mm -hmm. or, or it's you know so it's very right. it, the colors around it often can really influence what you think of a color especially on a deck makes it hard it does it does do it makes it hard do you think a fan deck is sometimes more like a, a bad thing kind of yeah i mean yeah because I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, this is this is too dark. So I'm going to just choose like two down from it. When in reality, right. that could be oh. a completely different color mm -hmm. unrelated to the first color. Sorry, I just answered the question. You answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, fan decks can be 
well, there it's like if a color is next to another color, then you think you're, oh, well, I like this color. So I'm going to go one shade lighter on the right. Van Dyke. And what, what tends to happen is one shade lighter might have a little more white to it, but then you lose the essence of the color that you really loved. And so mm-hmm. I think kind of maybe analyzing the color that you really love and what is it about that color that you like? Is it the tone? Is it, or is it the fact that you like the depth of it? Because if you like the depth, then it may be that it doesn't need to be lighter. Maybe Mm -hmm. it needs to, you know, be used Mm -hmm. as it is. Um, But if you want it to, if you want to use it in a space, but have a little bit lighter tone, then maybe it's not necessarily adding white as much as it is adding gray, because that's going to give you the same tone Hmm. and the original color that you liked. Does that make Ah, sense? Interesting. Yes. But how do you, how do you um, ask for that? Do you Mm -hmm. just look on for another swatch or do you talk to your, Mm -hmm. whoever's mixing your paint? The kind, the kind soul behind the counter. Yeah. Um, Well, or you call Fran and say, get behind the counter, Fran. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Mix it. That's all right. That's the fun part. Um, I would say start with the context. Like what is it in your fabric? Or there again, I sound like a broken record, but um, go back to your source of inspiration. And if it's um, that gray blue that's in the fabric that you keep going back to, um, I think referencing that color, but maybe the room can't handle the depth of the gray blue that's in the rug that you love. Okay. For instance, I have to put it like in a specific because it's, it gets so um, complicated otherwise. So you have this rug that you love. It has a gray blue in it. You really want to use this gray blue, but you think the room is going to be too dark and you want it to feel a little bit lighter, a little bit snappier. Then um, I would start to pull gray blues based on that color that you love and inch it back and start to pull And that's when the sampling starts. So this may be a segue to the testing is that you're able to find color. um, And I say, I say it start with at least three. Um, And, and we, we really, really rarely um, choose not to test a color. I mean, I would say not testing a paint color is like not test driving a car before you buy it. Uh, It's just that important. And I, um, and I would say, you know, we work with different paint crews and they'll say, well, how big do you want the samples? And um, we do our own samples and then we'll sample in rooms. And I say, well, there's really, there's no such thing as a, a paint swatch that's too big. So just go for it. Like, don't be scared. (laughs) And I, you know, there's times when we're changing, you know, paint on an exterior house. And I'm like, your neighbors are already interested in what you're doing. Like, just go for it. Like, show them the big thing. Like, just, you know, (laughs) and you have to sample it on all the different light exposures because it's going to look one way on the front of your house. It's going to look totally Ah, different on the back. mm -hmm. So it's really important. So it's really important. (laughs) And that's Mm -hmm. a common one. You know, it's definitely a common Mm -hmm. one. Um, And also, too, in terms of Taryn, because you're asking about you're building your house. And so, you know, facing the way that your house faces has a lot to Mm do with the um, super really dark house and it faces a southern and it's a southern exposure. You know that that house is going to fade. Mm -hmm. 
because if you want to paint it a dark color, right? So you want to make sure that that dark mm-hmm. color doesn't have, um, if you don't want a purple house and you want to do a dark brown house, then you want to make sure that your <laughs> dark brown house is more green undertones rather than red, because in mm. two years, that dark brown house is going to feel purple. Oh, mm. wow. Okay. Good that- call. Yes. We, we have a whole section about exterior, so we're going to. Oh, okay, wow. sorry. I'm no, ahead. no, it's fine. No, it's totally fine. Okay. Well, I just wanted to emphasize to people, if Fran, a professional test at least three swatches pretty much all the time like she never doesn't test a swatch that is (laughs) a lesson to all of you you too karen because i know you're guilty of this i'm I'm so guilty the number one thing test your sample oh i'm so impulsive Test I know. <laughs> oh, I am too, Karen. And I, I make the studio nervous at times because I'll just be like, I'm just going to paint it. And mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes it works. Um, and I mean, you know, it's <laughs> Lord willing. I, I, it's. But I would say. Yeah, but you actually know what you're doing. I'm just slapping it <laughs> up there. And going, mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> there's some serendipitous um, fun to the process. And I think sometimes you just got to stressful, you know, just be like, I like it. It's going to work and go with it. And you'll, you know, figure it out as you go along. But I, in the grand scheme of it, that is the thing that's, but I do think in some of the specific questions, especially when you're tackling like a whole house or something like that, like having a, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to sample. So you have confidence in that decision. And I, I would say that the swatches are so small on the paint deck. And so mm-hmm. on the Fandex. And so it's really great when you are able to see it in a broad scope and you see it in full light. Um, and like, mm-hmm. I'm just talking about my kitchen cabinets because we just did it. But, um, you know, I was ready to fire myself because <laughs> it had so many different exposures and I had to test it in so many different um, places. And some of the camels would go purple in the shade. And because, um, so what starts to happen in my experience and this, you know, may be different for others, but in my experience, it's when you see the color, when it's painted in full sun, then the sunlight sort of interprets that color, all of the different colors that are in that color, right? So it's in a broad space. So you can see. And so when you put it in the shade, some of those undertones will emerge more. Mm-hmm. So the Got it. the camel that I was using that I was seeking for the cabinet when I had some that had kind of a purple undertone, you put them in the shade. Well, they turn purple, and yeah. I was like, "Oh wow, this is you know not, not ideal." Color. Yeah, yeah. So um, so it is. So to your point about testing, I think um, be liberal with your testing. Uh, I know you feel like at the time you're like, it's, you're like, Oh, it's just a lot of work. And it's also going to kind of make everything messy. And, you know, Mm -hmm. but I would say that um, going that extra mile gives you that confidence in your decision. And, um, and it enables you to, to really like go forward and, and feel strong about it. Yeah. Personally, whenever I haven't tested I have regretted it or repainted. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I would have rather just tested it more thoroughly the first time versus right. having to deal right. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get more into testing. Like we kind of covered a couple, three samples minimum, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. get them directly on the wall. Do you, well, do you do them directly on the wall or do you paint them on like a piece of drywall board or something? 
So we have Bristol board that we use for just traveling samples and that are go into files for clients. Um, and that seems to work well as a color reference. Anytime you can put it on, um, you know, on the actual surface is great too. Um, mm-hmm. And testing, you know, I would say for a ceiling color, um, color always looks different on, well, any, anything is going to change uh-huh. on a vertical surface or a horizontal surface versus, um, versus a vertical. Interesting. So, you know, Would you have a, that. so you have a kitchen, I mean, you have a ceiling color that you want to use. Um, so much of that color changes when you take it from a vertical sample and you put it because it becomes more shaded. Um, so, mm-hmm. And it also color tends to calm down on the vertical. It's just like when you buy a marble slab and it has lots of veining and you look at it upright on the vertical, but then when you put it on the horizontal, all of a sudden the veining gets more calm. So it has that same tendency. Oh yeah. So wait, where do you put the Bristol? You just shove it on your ceiling? So we do, yes. I mean, and a lot of that's, um, we just travel with them, you know, with our paint mm-hmm. swatches and the fabrics and all of that. That's the other tip I would say on testing is um, I rarely look at a paint color without the fabric next to it, without the, you know, so it's always bringing that context. It's um, yeah. always having, um, you know, that can be kind of your safety belt. Like you have like your things and we travel with those, like each room has a, you know, a file. And so, okay, the dining room color is in there with the drape and the picture of the rug and the light fixture and all those things. So you can start to kind of test drive and see it all together. Right. But yeah, for, I do the not- ho- for the horizontal, you know, mm-hmm. again, you know, you're mm-hmm. trying to pick a ceiling color or even mm-hmm. a floor color. Right. A floor makes sense. You can lay it on your floor and look at it during the day, all lights. But right. for the ceiling, what do you do? Do you literally tape it to the ceiling and like? You can, yeah. You can tape it to the ceiling or paint it to uh, paint it on the ceiling for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So, say you've tested your color; it's not quite right. Um, mm-hmm. How do you communicate to your painter or the guy at the paint store, like what direction you want to go in? Do you just mm-hmm. go get the samples yourself, like? Do you, do you like drag your wallpaper in and you're like, listen, this is it. I needs to be this or. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say, yes, I, I don't, uh, I wouldn't recommend making a paint decision in a vacuum. So having those con having that context, that wallpaper sample or that whatever it is. And we've used, I mean, we've used a piece of pottery. We've used um, a piece of china. We've used a sweater. We've used, I mean, it could be a, a piece of linen this big that you ripped off the bottom of a quilt when you're growing up. It could be anything. And so that reference um, for that color is is so important. And that's your starting point. You know, that's really mm-hmm. where you're starting to find the mojo. And um, so, and then with that piece, then you begin to build the room, you know, I mean, you already had those pieces collected and then those things come, those things are going to steer you towards what, um, what that actual color needs to be. So if you have, um, in terms of testing, so say we're doing, um, we want like a really beautiful uh, gray green. Um, so in the testing, I would say we find one that's a little more yellow, one that's a little more blue, 
and one that we're, you know, I tend to have one that I'm kind of like, mm, that could be the, the first round draft pick right there, <laughs> you know, and then I have like two others that I think, well, these are lovely too. So let's try, but they're kind of both on either side of that one, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you test all of those and what I always find, I mean, I never, it never ceases to amaze me of how different the color is once you paint it in such a bigger swatch. So there again, is a compelling argument for, um, for testing because it just looks so different and doing two coats and also, um, if we're really, um, if, if it's kind of pins and needles and you're like, Holly, it keeps changing, then we'll actually test it in the specific paint that we're going to use. So if I'm using like a semi-gloss, then in an oil-based, um, paint, then I will get the oil-based semi-gloss, like we'll start testing in the actual product versus just the sample pots that you get. Yeah you know, and their eggshell and their latex and because mm -hmm. the color does change, it changes. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a good call. Mm -hmm. Um, so what happens if you already have a bold color on the wall and you're trying mm -hmm. to test in that wall, should you paint it on a separate board or should you paint it directly on that color? Like, is it going to skew primers, the color? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It will. Yeah. Yeah, it will. Priming is, is key. So you want to prime it before you test on the wall, okay. or you can um, do a specific, you know, do the Bristol board or a traveling piece. Okay. For sure. So you mentioned a little bit about the finish or the mm -hmm. sheen and mm -hmm. we've got a lot of questions around that. So yes. when, when do you use what sheen, like what do you have kind of like a general mm -hmm. like guideline that you go by of when to use which one? Oh, that's so fun, right? Um, I would say <laughs> the lip gloss. It's the lip gloss. Um, I would say we start typically just in a in a nutshell, you know, trims typically get I, I love oil based paint. Um, you know, put your everybody's wearing masks already. So, you know, the VOCs are, you know, they are strong, but there's nothing like an oil-based paint on wood trims. Um, they're just, they, they hold, uh, they have like a depth to them. They also sit on top of the wood in a different way than the latex does. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, it's, you really can't, you, if you put them side by side, you would choose the, the oil every time. Does you every would. brand have oil and latex? Uh, the, the brands Options. that we used to. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and, and, um, I would say the, you have, um, opportunities with oil. Like it's almost like the gesture is a little more, um, it's just, it feels a little bit more, uh, tried and true in oil versus the latex for some reason, but there's some States that you can't use latex. We had a project in, um, and I mean, you can't use oil. You have to use latex. I mean, in Los Angeles, we had a house, you have to do all latex. And in that case, I mean, you know, and this was an old historical house. And so the latex was beautiful. I would say your best friend, if you're building a new house with new wood trims is oil finishes. Um, because it has a tendency to you know, like you go into an old structure, like in an old restaurant or an old house or whatever, and you're like, how many, how many layers of paint 
is on this house. It just has so much charm. It just it has this depth. And so there's a lot of depth that comes from just those layers of paint. And oil does that. I got to get a um, pen. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing we're recording, Taryn. You can always... <laughs> Go well, that means I got to I got to get a pen then when I listen again or a pen now. So, I mean, either way. I'll tell um, you, I'll tell you a mistake that I made. Um I was when I was doing our bedroom last year, I had this color that I really wanted. It was like um it's kind of a marscapone kind of color, but I wanted it to have a little more pink to it undertone. And I didn't want to tell my husband that I wanted to paint the bedroom pink. It wasn't going to be a pink, but it's going to be this really like kind of pale neutral. I was calling it kind of a Parisian white. It had just a little bit more pink undertone to it. And um, my painter and I were working on it and he painted like the half of the room. He had done the trims and latex and he was starting to um, roll the wall. And I said, this color does not translate in latex. And so, and, but they were new trims. This was, we have, you know, it was long story short, these were all new trims that we put in. And so I knew, and he did it in oil and I was like, it's awesome. So it just has some depth. It's just, I don't know. Well, it's just something about the way it lays I on the that's wood. so important. So that's my biggest fear about this new build is it's, you're going to walk in and go, this is, and I mean, I know, obviously, you know, it's a newer home versus older, but how, how sure. to bring depth and that's a great mm-hmm. little trick. Well, and the other thing I would say, like for new construction is we tend to have colors that have more age versus like the crisp white, the, you know, um, a lot of there again, like the, the nuance and the pa- patina to your palette, um, I have a tendency to not ever pick a bright white if you're in a new construction house um, because it does, it feels a lot like primer. It feels a lot like new sheetrock. It feels, you know, but once you sort of start to add and build those, um, those layers, then things feel like they've been there for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Maybe this is, maybe I'm wrong, but doesn't also oil have like more of a, hard it's almost more like nail polish where it like has a hard finish to it mm-hmm. it does it cures harder mm-hmm. yeah for sure because sure. don't they don't people typically use oil on kitchen cabinets yes well and a lot of the factory finishes or the you know a lot of those sprayed on finishes have that you know lacquer that's that's thick and it's you know heavy for durability so yes i would say too you get a lot more durability with the oil so that's actually a question we got. What is, is there a difference between latex gloss and oil-based enamel? Will it look the same? And basically your answer is no. Yes, they do right. look different, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, poo-pooing the latex. I mean, we use it on a lot of things. And so, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of times when you need to do latex and, you know, for VOCs and lots of, you know, um, but it's, and you always want to be safe with whatever you're doing, you know? Lots of ventilation and all those right, things. Right. So there's a lot of layers. One of the questions I got was, how do you get lacquer to work? I'm not entirely sure what that question means, but I guess it's really more about like, what's the process of lacquering something? Mm-hmm. Use a professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. For sure. Yes. <laughs> lacquering can be a highly, yes, it's, it can be a highly, it is a highly toxic, um, you know, way that you do it, but you want to work with someone who's safe about it and obviously knows mm-hmm. what they're doing. 
Word of mouth is so great. I mean, it, I would say that the, the lacquering finishes are, um, if someone tells you that they can lacquer, but they've never lacquered it before, then they, they you probably should steer clear. And, and seeing samples of their work or going and looking at it is so key. But word of mm-hmm. mouth and, you know, I would say um, so much of that is just, you know, maybe your wallpaper hanger knows someone that can lacquer or, you know, those yeah. Trades. Okay. Trades. Can you explain mm-hmm. just the mm-hmm. general concept of lacquer? Essentially, you're like painting multiple, multiple layers. And sanding. And sanding uh, in between. The sanding in between the layers is so key. And that's the, you know, that's the, the prep is just as important, if not more important in the process than it is. So you're actually, you know, and that goes with trims and, you know, just with oil and latex as well. The better Mm -hmm. that you're, if, you know, I would say um, there's a red flag when I see a painter on the first day on a job site and he has paint in his hand. You do not want to see that. They've got, you know, days of prep or, you know, depending on the size Mm -hmm. of the project, obviously, but there's so much to it. The caulking, the sanding, the making sure, because your finishes are dictated by the preparation, not just the application of the product. But that's the difference between the DIY and the professional is the mm-hmm. professionals, yeah. you know, knows how to prep it. So it looks, looks like it in the end. <laughs> that, that is how I feel about furniture because I was taught the, like the correct way to refinish and like in school and stuff. So it is mm. so funny when a friend just like throws on a pair, like, you know, a layer of paint on something that's already painted. And I'm like, I can't talk to you. You're just not even. <laughs> I know. Ignorance is bliss. We say that all the yeah, time in the that's studio. True. That's Why can't true. I just pick this out? Why do I have to think about it so much? <laughs> and that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcastballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time. Happy happy decorating. decorating.